saying dumb shit. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Naya Good. And I have decided to finally start my podcast. It's going to be Storytime with Naya. Because I love telling stories and I love hearing people's stories. I have led an interesting life. I'm sure you have. Um, and I think people need to hear about it. Bring back storytelling. I, I envision myself being uh, an elder just with a village of people. <laughs> and me telling all the stories from, you know, the days of the way things were. But anyways, let's get this podcast started. Um, this podcast is going to be available on all platforms. And of course, you can always click the link in my bio. It is going to be called Storytime with Naya. Yay. Um, let's talk a little bit about story time. You know, as a child, one of my favorite classes um, going to my elementary school was the library class. You know, library. We get to go to the library, pick out a book. It was thrilling. Check the book out. <laughs> it was really thrilling for me as a reader. I don't know about the rest, but it was thrilling. Um, and check out a book. But what was mostly really, really exciting about story time for me as a child was Mrs. Martinez. I don't know where she's at now. I wish I could just find certain people when I really just want to say how they impacted my life. But um, Mrs. Martinez used to have the dopest library class. She had just all this amazing artwork everywhere, like, you know, paints and just different, like, different things. It was just fun. It just seemed like an environment and it was always changing. And then she had really exciting places to sit to all over her library. Right. And so, um, I mean, that would be the thing when the kids would go, when we would come into the class, it'd be like, where are we sitting today? I remember that. Like, oh my God, whoever it's like, we would try to be in line a certain way so that we could get a good seat in Mrs. Martinez's library class. And then she always was just so freaking fabulous. I'm talking about Mrs. Martinez had jewels on every finger. She had an outfit on, all kind of exciting, you know, just things to look at, which, you know, obviously was the epitome of her library room. Um, yeah, she was fantastic. And so she would read to us a book every class and then we got to read books out loud too and I just remember that being one of my favorite classes besides PE um and you know I liked English you know <laughs> I like the academics as well obviously well library is one it's just you know in, instead of us learning English we were reading right but um yeah that was that's what propelled my love of reading and writing and things of that nature so shout out to Mrs. Martinez who used to be the dopest a librarian, was I calling her library teacher earlier? The dopest librarian at Helen Her Elementary School. Shout out to Helen Her. <laughs> so many memories at an elementary school. Anyways, while on the topic of storytelling, like I said, this is an introductory episode. So each segment I'm going to yeah, of course, introduce it. Um, I'm going to always start out the podcast with just a story from some of my experiences. I'm going to try not to be too long-winded, but, you know, sometimes with me, the stories get a little bit long, okay? But um, I really want to start off this episode really just kind of giving honor and thanks to a woman that I just found out recently uh, transitioned, passed away, whichever word is comfortable with you. That's um, the one. 
but I really want to give honor to her and just remember her in one of the most powerful ways because she was just a powerful force in my experience, especially my military experience. Um, and so I just found out recently that she uh, passed away. Um, she was a lieutenant colonel. Um, she had never deployed until my unit deployed 10 years ago. Um, and she had all these master's degrees. She was a playwright too. And she was just really phenomenal, just really personable. Um, and she had, you know, for her to be of such a high rank, if you know anything about army rank, she was a 05. So that's pretty up there. And she was a black woman. And so it was just amazing to have that kind of, especially have her as one of the, um, you know, I would say protectionist, one of my leaders, one of my my guidance, one of the people in my guidance system and my team of just, you know, being in that environment of being in a, uh, you know, a war zone. Um, and so I just want to give a shout out and just give honor to Lieutenant Colonel Chatrice Buchanan. Um, my story about her is that um, when I was in Iraq, I faced a lot of adversity, you know, um, and, and, it, and it taught me a lot. It taught me really how to deal with people and, and really not to just react. Because if you know anything about me, um, if you were ever stationed with me in Korea, you know I was just like really, really reckless with how I dealt with uh, people that outranked me. I didn't give a shit about their rank. Um, if you say something to me crazy, I'm saying something back, whether you're a sergeant, whatever, whatever or not. You just, you just, you know. You just can't come up to me and say anything, but um, especially when I was uh, 18 years old in Korea. But then when I, you know, became 19 years old, <laughs> I went to Fort Stewart with an entirely different mindset. I'm the type of woman that I see what doesn't work and then I fix it, adjust it and then move on. So instead of me being a wild, reckless, you know, uh, a soldier like I was in Korea, I went to Fort Stewart with a different mindset. I was very militant and I was like, oh, OK, so this is how we're going to do things. OK. And so um, when I went to Iraq, I, it was like <laughs> my, you know, the universe wanted to see just how I was going to be. How was I going to deal with certain things? Because I'm the type of person you tell me choose my battles. Well, I think a lot of the battles were mine. And so um, there was some, there were so many things that were happening. But the reason why this particular Sergeant Major just started targeting me was because after I had came to him with an issue of me not being promoted, um, suddenly, you know, things got out of hand. So there was a fight that broke out at hip hop night and everybody, I was one of the most popular people in Iraq. I say this humbly, but I was like, you know, a, a social butterfly because I'm the type of person that if I'm in a situation like, let's say Iraq, oh, I'm about to get it popping. Like, so, I mean, you're probably wondering how in the hell do you get it popping in Iraq? But they have to keep things going for us because, um, you know, it's about morale, keeping the soldiers in a space of just, you know, you know, kind of being able to have something back home, but also, oh yeah, and you're at war too. So we had hip hop nights, we had barbecues, there was basketball tournaments and they were lit. I mean, and then there was hip hop nights, there was salsa nights. And salsa night was the most popping night. I'm not even going to lie. It was even the most hood people <laughs> at salsa night really getting it popping and really learning and, and, and you know, and, and really just creating a vibrational energy. But, um, but yeah, so I was that type of person. Um, but anyway, so 
you know, back to just how Sergeant Major, or I'm sorry, Lieutenant Colonel Chatrice Buchanan, um, how she really just propelled my experience. Um, you know, back to the hip hop night situation. Um, there was a big fight that broke out. People uh, said that I was the one that actually fought the person, but um, I didn't. Me and her really were just having like a dance battle <laughs> in the middle of hip hop night. And it got a little aggressive because I think I went up to her and said, no, don't be dancing with anybody from our unit. You dance with people from your unit because it's three ID in here today. It, it definitely went down like that. And then she was from first ID. ID means infantry. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Damn. I done had a whole blockage. What? Uh, I'm going to get back to you what ID means. Uh, infantry division. Infantry division. She was in first infantry division. I was in second infantry division. And our unit was running shit on the cob. Okay? So take go over there and dance with your soldiers. Don't come over here. Kind of escalated. One of my homegirls thought it was some real shit going down. And she ended up striking this girl. And it, it was crazy. And I had just got promoted. So the sergeant major found this out. And he was upset, I guess, that I had the audacity to come to him to get promoted. And then turn around and get in a fight. But that's not how I went down. Somebody else hit the girl. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm not taking no falls for no stupid ass behavior. I'm not. Now, if something else happened, I'll take the fall for it. But if you did something stupid, I'm not taking the fall for that. So I did not take the fall for old girl hitting old girl from behind me and almost, <laughs> and almost fucking up my damn career. I had to choose, am I going to take the fall or am I going to protect my career? I chose to protect my career. Um, and so... Sergeant Major was really upset about that. And for some reason, he just started targeting me. So out of nowhere, I get summoned to his office and he has like all of my male leadership in the office and it's just me. And he basically says, he shows me a picture of somebody writing something very fucked up about me in the porta potties, allegedly. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I remember thinking when he brought me into that office, like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> what are we talking about here? What is the conversation here? And, um, yeah, it really was not a good conversation. He basically tried to ask me about my sexual experiences while I was in Iraq. He tried to say I was fraternizing with somebody that was in a specific uh, uh, organization and th that organization and soldiers were not supposed to be fraternizing. And automatically, I know how to assess a situation pretty quickly. I knew that it don't matter what the fuck you're talking about. This is an entirely inappropriate conversation with a female soldier and no other females present, right? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I went ahead and I, I, I stayed respectful. I stayed at parade rest. If you know anything about military positioning, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If not, go Google it, but this parade rest. <laughs> and uh, I stood there and I just listened. I got my male NCOs right here and it's just me and the door is closed. So I took all that in. I was like, oh, okay, check here. All right, check. Oh, okay, check. Oh, wow, this is interesting. And so I let him talk. And then so then he asked me something like, what would your father think? <laughs> and I said, I don't, I, I, I cannot remember uh, 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 to the exact word what I said, but I know it was something along the lines of, um, I really don't 
care about <laughs> what my father would think. And I think that you should be more concerned about your daughter instead of worrying about what my dad would think about what I have going on. Um, and so, um, oh, I was hot on the inside. But one thing about the military is you have to, you, you're going to be hot, but you got to stay at that parade breast. Because if you make one false move, which anything, <laughs> they can get you. <laughs> they can get your ass. And as a black woman, I had to really, really learn to keep it together because I literally had on several different occasions, somebody that outranked me try to say, oh, you blinked. So yeah, now you're in trouble. So I kept my composure and I sat there and I listened. And then, so this is when I knew he had really fucked up. I mean, he had already fucked up, but this is when I, this was a cherry on top of the fucking cake. So, um, so then he says, well, I'm going to, I told, I told Lieutenant Colonel Buchanan about it. And so she wants to see you right after this meeting. And I was like, in the inside, I was like, okay, yes, because that's exactly where I was going. I was going to go straight to her. <laughs> but thank you for calling her first so I didn't have to, oh, my God, you know, set up a meeting and do all this on official business hours. Now, side note, Lieutenant Colonel Buchanan was the uh, 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 equal opportunity officer in charge so she was the equal opportunity officer in charge. She was not an equal opportunity sergeant. She was not an, uh, I'm sorry, an equal opportunity NCOIC or representative. She was the OIC. So she ran that motherfucker. So he told her about the, the conversation before, you know, I even knew the conversation was going to happen. But he, obviously, if you're following, he said it as if, oh, I'm going to try to embarrass you in front of one of your biggest allies. Because, and that's the word I was looking for in the beginning of this uh, <laughs> recording. She was one of my biggest allies. So he went and told my biggest allies some really crazy sexual situation about me. And then, you know, and just thought that he would... I, all because he was upset that I think he just got me promoted and he thought I embarrassed the hell out of the unit at hip hop night. Even though it turned out that I didn't start the fight. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Me and this soldier were just having like a little, if it was a, if it was a dance off military movie, this shit would have been the climax. <laughs> like, because one thing we did in Iraq was dance our asses off. That's why I can't even really drop it down low and do all the shit I used to do because I used all my good knees at hip hop night in, <laughs> in Iraq in the military. So anyway, so back to the story. Sorry, Major. Y'all gonna have to uh, listen. Sometimes I derail, but I'm, I'm working on staying focused. But so anyway, so when he said that, I was like, oh yes, I'm so excited. So we, after we ended the meeting, I... Oh my, I remember I walked so fast because I think it was in walking, I think Lieutenant Colonel Buchanan's office was in walking distance from the battalion. Whatever. I just, I just, right now as I'm talking about it, I remember me walking extremely fast to her office because I was upset. I know I was upset. And you have to understand, I literally had to keep my composure the entire time while I was sitting here being questioned about what I was doing uh, uh, with my vagina, <laughs> basically, uh, in Iraq. So when we got to the office, Lieutenant Colonel Buchanan, she, she, we uh, sat down and she was ready to talk to me about all, you know, all kind of different things. But I told her exactly what had just transpired in that meeting from the moment I, everything, from the door being closed. Okay. 
because that's very important. Like you got the door closed. There's two male NC, three male NCOs and one woman, uh, a soldier, because I was not an uh, a NCO, a non-commissioned officer. I was just an enlisted uh, a soldier. I was a specialist. So that uh, the setting is very, very important. Right. So I told I broke I, I told her everything about, you know, what happened. And I'm talking about her face was she was really, really shocked. And I felt the energy change and I felt, okay, she's on my side because she does not like this. What Lieutenant Colonel Buchanan, I'm getting chills thinking about it. May she rest in power and rise powerfully though. Um, woo, I'm getting chills thinking about it. But um, what she said was, all right, <laughs> she didn't even, she was just in shock at how the entire conversation went down because, she, and I, I, I do recall her saying, this is not what me and him talked about. This is not what me and Sergeant Major, uh, what's his name, talked about. Should I say his name? I, I, I don't know. I might, <laughs> I might, it don't matter. It's not like y'all are going to be able to find him unless I say his whole name because I remember his whole name. But, um, <laughs> but, um. Anyways, she was really, she was, I could, she was visibly upset. You got to understand, she was a very religious woman. We sang in the choir together in Iraq and everything. So she didn't use any words, but her whole, I could feel the energy change. Cause at first the energy felt like a leader talking to a lower enlisted soldier about, you know, some things that might not be going well in their life. But then when I broke it down to her, what, like I said, what transpired during that conversation, she was, I could tell she was upset. So she immediately told me, and I quote, to go demand an apology from Sergeant Major Lloyd. Oh, I swear I did not. <laughs> that was a real slip up, but don't worry about it. Y'all don't even know how to spell it. Don't go find him. Um, but I, I, that's because I was literally recapping that from, from 21 year old Denia to here I am now. But she said, go demand an apology from Sergeant Major and, um, and then have him have another woman in the room and keep the door open and have all those same male leaders that were in my chain of command standing right there the whole time. I was even in shock at what she had just directed me to do. I was excited because I had an ally, but I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. And I didn't ask no questions. And then I think after that, we just conversed about it and that was it. So then I think it was, uh, I'm going to set up that date for you. And then I'm going to let you know when it's time for you to go up there and tell them. So I don't know what they talked about before I got there, but when I got there, <laughs> let me tell y'all what the setting looked like this time. So I did get that female soldier to uh, be in the office with me at the time. I'm trying to keep this music going. I need to figure out how to keep this looping, um, but um, I'll, I'll get to that level. But um, but yes, so I had the female soldier that actually started the fight <laughs> in there with me. <laughs> Then I had all my first sergeant, my platoon sergeant, they were in there. And then, of course, the sergeant major of the battalion, um, right? And so I, I walked right in there and it seemed like he had already been, and the door was open too. So I felt totally comfortable, honestly, because I'm not going to lie. It was uncomfortable. The last conversation, this conversation was how it should have been. And so he's, I, I remember sergeant major saying, um, well, specialist good, what is it that you need? And I said, Sergeant Major, I demand an apology for how I felt when you had all these men standing here and you were questioning me about my sexual experience here. That made me feel really uncomfortable. So I would really like an apology. 
And so he said, and I remember this verbatim, well, specialist good, I apologize for how you felt uh, during that meeting. And then um, I remember <laughs> the soldier, the female soldier, I won't say her name because I have a whole story coming up about her too. Uh, be on the lookout for that story. And I'm glad I just thought about it because as I was creating this podcast, I was like, where are all my stories at? It was like, I just <laughs> went blank. But um, yeah, if um, I forget about telling this story, please remind me in my comments on social media. But um, yeah, there's a lot around her. We had a lot going on. <laughs> But that's that's why she felt like she wanted to come up behind me and punch the girl because she actually thought there was something going on. But the reason why I was so cavalier about her having my back is because this is not the first. Yeah, this was not the first time <laughs> that she had been a part of some violence foolishness. And I, this time it actually got in the way of my you know, career and situation. So I had to, you know, just move forward from that situation. But, um, and so, uh, yeah, but, um, cause we got a little cut off and I'm sorry about that. Let me take a sip to get focused, but, um, yeah. So sorry, major just, he crossed the line questioning a woman, a female soldier about her sexuality and or, or about what she, not even my sexuality, it, it, who I was having sex with. I don't give a shit if there was fraternization, but at the time that, that had nothing to do with what, what I had going on. Um, so that's why he had fucked up. And that's why Lieutenant Colonel Buchanan um, advised me to demand an apology and she might have had to come out of her rank and tell him, hey, and what you did is a fucking EO complaint. <laughs> you went to the equal opportunity officer in charge to try to embarrass a female soldier because you were mad because she embarrassed the unit or you thought she embarrassed the unit by just getting in some fight after you promoted her and then you fucked up and ended up probably getting reprimanded by a lieutenant colonel from EO about that shit. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how that went down. <laughs> but yes, again... Um, Lieutenant Colonel Buchanan, she will always be remembered for that. I will be telling that story forever and ever and ever and ever. And when I am an elder, if all everything works out with my lifetime, line, I'm going to be out there telling women and you demand apologies and you do that. And you have your, your allies, your woman allies. And don't you let these men, ba ba ba. but maybe by then things will be a lot more balanced and peaceful in the universe. Here's hoping. Anyways, that was the first story. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Empowering women everywhere to step up and say what they got to say and do what they got to do. Now, also what's going to be happening in this podcast is I'm going to be telling the weather. I'm not so serious though because <laughs> I don't be knowing what's going on with this weather bullshit, right? But right now, currently in Atlanta, it's 68 degrees. And it's really, really feels really, really good out there. I always break down the weather based off of how many layers I have to wear. As you can see, I have a tank top on, but since I get a little bit colder, I still had a little bit of jacket on and I was still wearing tennis shoes or sneakers. My bad. That sounded so old school. Listen, don't come for me about my old school terminology. I'm not a sneakerhead, so that wouldn't be <laughs> my, my typical term I would use, but, um, 
But yeah, so it's 68 degrees out here. I'm still wearing sneakers and I'm still wearing a light jacket, but it feels good. Um, and it's not freezing because it gets really, really cold. It's hot Atlanta, but it's cold Atlanta too around these parts. All right. And my beautiful hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada, it's actually cloudy and drizzling. Now, the reason why that's shocking at ATLians is because in Las Vegas, it don't do all this wild shit that y'all got going on over here. It don't have all this wild shit, all these three different seasons in one week and mosquitoes and pollen. <laughs> it don't do all that. Vegas ain't like that. But for the first time in a while, when I actually click on the weather and shit, it's raining in Vegas. So, but guess what though? It's going to be sunny for the next 12 days. None of this is, it rains one time and then that that's it. But whatever. I guess an ATL would say, well, go back to Vegas then. I'm good. I'm going to be here for a minute. All right. Let's see. What's the weather like elsewhere as of today's date? Um, which is, I should start off with the date, March 23rd. It's about 4.50 here, Eastern time in Atlanta. So it's 70, as, as, as of this week, it's 75 degrees in Miami, which is always lovely. And you know, my, if, if, if it's starting to get warm around the country, you know, in Miami, it's about to get really beautiful and hot and I'm excited. And yes, it's 80s all the way from here until next Wednesday, because that's what Miami does. Um, in Virginia Beach, because that's where my relatives are from, and I've always got love for Va Beach. <laughs> Only a true native would know about the Va Beach. Don't start using it if you all know about it. <clears throat> 54 degrees. It's raining. It's a little humid. As you know about the East Coast, it runs a little humid. So it's 54, but it's 87% humidity. So that means it's a little bit warm. And let's see, where am I going to go? Let's go to Texas. And in Houston, Texas, it says right here on my screen that it's dusty. I don't know if you can see that. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast on iHeartMedia, Pandora, or you, or anywhere else without the video, you can't see it. But on my screen, it says that there's a hell of a lot of dust in Houston right now. It's a dust storm, um, 26% humidity and 81 degrees. So, uh, Houston is not humid yet, but you better believe in about a couple months that humidity is going to go from 20 to 90 and you're going to be wet. <laughs> you're going to be sticky. <laughs> now let's go out the country. One more place. One more place, please. Uh, we're going to go to Belize. Belize is 82 degrees right now, and it's going to be like that all week. 84, about 82 at the lowest. Feels like 91, 70% humidity. <sighs> I would love to be there, um, but they talking about vaccines and tests to travel, so we're going to have to find alternative methods to, uh, you know, figuring out this travel thing, because I'm not here for all of that riffraff. You guys can go out there and do your vaccine thing. As for me and my household, we're going to chill on that, okay? So yeah, that's the weather report. All right, and other news... I just want to talk about, this is going to be a regular segment on this podcast. It's going to be called the Debunking the Breakfast Club segment. I know, I know, I know. You love the Breakfast Club, some of you. That's your shit. But um, I'm going to tell you where they be fucking up at, I promise. Because they, they fuck up constantly, in my opinion. And I just be like, y'all not seeing this? For instance, this week, 
on Charlemagne's donkey of the day about the guy that freaking, uh, I guess, had his baby in the elephant's zoo somewhere, whatever. He kept emphasizing that the elephants were Asian and African. And I'm just like, why are we talking about Asian and African elephants and you're saying that somebody brought their baby into a elephant a, a, a jungle? Well, since when did we start identifying these animals by their race? Or am I late to the game? Is it, is it has it always been an Asian an elephant, an African elephant? But I, it doesn't matter. I'm sure they have been. Let me just get back on point. Why did he have to emphasize that? And I'm going to tell you why from my perspective. Here, let me answer my own question for you. I'm just going to give you one of what I think as, as part of a conversation. I'm asking you why to think about why he would say that from your perspective. From, but from my perspective, I feel like it's because of all of this Asian and Black stuff that's going on. It's literally a type of program. And you got to think, why would a bitch name herself Black China? No, no, nothing against Black China because I really, I really love the remake that she did with Keek the Sneak's uh, record. Go look for it. I don't want to get sidetracked talking about that record, but she remade Keek the Sneak, a, a, a Bay Area Legends uh, record, and she included him on the record. Molly Ma produced it. But anyways, why would somebody name their black themselves Black China if they're not from China? It's a literal type of programming. Jeezy and his girlfriend, it's been a programming of trying to create an, uh, an illusion of black and China and Asian rela relations. And, and, and there is no illusion. Uh, illusion. We, you know, we love Chinese food. Black people and Asians have somehow, you know, always existed amongst each other. But now with all this alleged Asian hate that is being emphasized and inflated in the media, Suddenly, we are now emphasizing uh, Asian and African elephants when we should have been talking about more or emphasizing more why people keep taking their kids into these jungles and these zoos and just letting them run rampant. <laughs> I don't understand. There, I mean, and, and this is always like a major story too. Like, like when the damn gorilla and the baby and the gorilla was dragging the baby around the junk, the zoo, that story, remember when that story like had the whole freaking country mesmerized? And now there's this story about how this guy took his baby into an elephant zoo. What is wrong? Stop taking, just stop with, that's not for, you know, I know we like to take kids to exciting amusement parks and things, but maybe the zoo is not the place if all of this wild shit is going to keep going on. I'm just saying. But again, my issue with the Breakfast Club was why he kept emphasizing that as I've given you a couple ideas as to why it could be. It's a form of programming to kind of get that kind of idea into your head. And then his emphasis right after there was an Asian terrorist attack, it just seemed like it was all you know, an orchestrated, you know, conversation, which kind of they conversations can always be that way when you're on the radio. But in specific cases, some people are uh, supposed to emphasize certain parts of the conversation to get that kind of thing, you know, emboldened in your brain. I hope I use that word right. Anyway, so that was one of the topics that I wanted to debunk on The Breakfast Club. As I said, today is March 23rd, so that specific donkey of the day happened sometime this week. Um, again, The Breakfast Club is still vehemently, vehemently emphasizing masks, and it, it definitely sounds like it's, you know, something that has been uh, put on their script of things to, you know, vehemently discuss. Um, and so that's where we're at 
<laughs> with what they have going on. They have a real emphasis on, um, you know, these masks. And at this, at some point, we're going to have to all be like, okay, uh, my immune system is strong enough. Let's keep it pushing around here. So yes, make sure your immune system, your immune system, I'm sorry, it's not like I said moon system, make sure your immune system is just as powerful as these ideas that they keep implanting into your brain about this bullshit vaccine. All right. So that was the debunking the breakfast club segment. That is going to be a regular segment on my podcast. Just finding something that they said that I know that they fucked where, and explaining where they just fucked up at. That was a brief little, you know, <laughs> um, debunking the fuckery. Next, I'm just going to have a couple of just uh, random announcements and a couple little pop culture, other things in pop culture that they've been talking about. This Meghan Markle and the Royals drama um, I really don't care. You knew what you, I mean, people got to know what they've been marrying into. Now you want me to be upset. I, I don't care. And let's not forget she's mixed. So it's not just a black woman thing. White women should be mad too about they home girl not being treated right in the daggone royal, uh, at the daggone palace, just cause part of her is black and white women should step up because they love black men and they little daughter could be a mixed girl that's being targeted because of the other half of her. So, you know, I think that white women should, when it comes to mixed situations with the mixed culture, you know, the mixed people of the world, especially if there's a white, um, you know, ingredient added to the mixture that the white people should step up to it's not always about black people getting mad what they did that to the first black princess no she's the first mixed princess and you know the caucasians should be just as upset about how she's being treated in my opinion right Additionally, I already touched on the Asian hate situation. I'm not saying that people have not probably had some things to, you know, hate, but I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm tired of being upset over things about race. Um, and then again, um, if you guys know anything about how this programming thing works, this is definitely in my opinion, and you don't have to agree or dis you know, you don't have to agree or disagree or whatever. And if you have an issue with it, you can always comment on my page. Just be respectful. Um, I just think it's a non-issue. It's a non-issue. It's an inflamed issue, just like every issue has been as it pertains to the media and politicians and these celebrities inflating race to keep race trauma going. And that's another topic. But like I said, I'm just going through a couple of the pop culture topics that are breaking news right now. The other thing that is breaking news as of today, which like I said, is March 23rd, <laughs> Tuesday, March 23rd is, I guess this fellow named Mark, I'm sorry, Derek Jackson. I don't know who this fellow is, but, um, and y'all, I do my podcast at home. If you're not, uh, if you're not watching the video, I do my podcast at home. So sometimes I might accidentally look out my window, see some shit and tell y'all about what's going on. For instance, right now, this dog must be really shitty today because he definitely just got walked five minutes ago and now he's back out here. This is why I don't do dogs. At least the cat, she could go right to the litter box. Anyways, <laughs> let me not get off topic. But what's his name? 
Derek Jackson, I don't know what his name is. I, I, I mean, I guess that's his name, but I, what I mean to say is I don't know who he is for real. I've seen him in a video or two possibly, but I never really knew what he was talking about, honestly. I just, I, I mean, he, and even though he's handsome, I never really, uh, anyways, I guess apparently he's been caught up lying. He's another one of these huge social media gurus, and now I guess he was cheating on his wife, and then when he decided to try to get in front of the issue because he he was getting lit up by black women all over the world because you know they were mad. They was tr they trusted him to be a real faithful brother, a real good, clean brother. And then it turns out he done cheated on his girl too. I guess allegedly, I don't know. Um, so you know they was upset. I, that's who I found this out from. I didn't even know it was black women. I just seen them posting memes. They had their memes ready. They had their videos and their memes ready about this Derek Jackson character. Apparently, you know, and then so uh, moving forward, that he did a video to try to get in front of the situation, and he included his wife in the video, and his wife had a head wrap on, and she didn't even look like she was happy. In fact, he looked like he was squeezing her hand a little bit too hard in the video, and. It just it, whatever it was definitely orchestrated so that he could keep his you know motivational guru lifestyle popping right um yeah i guess he you know whatever whatever my thing is is how the fuck did he even get popping why don't y'all make people who are actually gifted and actually out here pushing some shit popping but y'all will go and make Derek jackson popping and now he verified on instagram and it turns out he's fucking lying additionally um i think he may have fabricated the whole situation because like i said i did not know who this man was before and now that y'all got him up here you know and he y'all have exposed him for his fraudulent guru ways now we know about him so stop you know that's what i mean stop stop popularizing the wrong content and come this way to some real shit, okay? <laughs> we ain't got no skeletons in the closet over here. Um, and I love to tell stories, so we ain't got no time. But yes, th that that's what's been going on in pop culture. I'm always keep that a little bit brief, but I'm gonna add my little two cents into it. As for any remaining announcements, I have my website. You guys can go to www.nayagood.com for all of my content and things. Yes, like I said, I will sidebar occasionally if I see anything coming out of my window and that dog owner looks pissed. Like she accidentally fed him something and he's been coming outside all day and she's had enough. I ain't never seen nobody even walk a pit bull like that. A pit bull usually is walking the rest of y'all, <laughs> but, but she is walking this pit bull and it is not no little but anyways, uh, back to my announcements. <laughs> that was a sidebar. www.nayagood.com is where you can find all of my contents. Recently, I narrated my erotic sensual miniseries. I don't know if you guys are into eroticism. You know, I think you should because it turns out that these porn websites might be doing a little bit more than just providing you with some what seems like harmless porn. So you might want to get into the eroticism sides of reading. Um, if you dare. But I wrote a four-part miniseries, um, and it is available on my website, the written version. But then recently, I decided to narrate my erotic series because I realized that 
people love to listen to things as well as read things and why not provide them with both. And I've always had a love for narration. So that is available on my YouTube and it's available on www.naiagood.com. Not only did I write this erotic miniseries, but I also wrote the Goody Jar blog. I've been writing that for several years now, just a plethora of delicious topics ranging from maybe me recapping the TV series Insecure, which I love, to talking about polygyny, which I think should be something that's emphasized more and definitely done only by righteous good people, though. Everybody can't do polygyny. And some of the other topics I write about are just, you know, random things. Like my most recent uh, Goody Jar blog article was, um, what's pussy got to do with it? And I was basically discussing why men and some women cannot wait to just use the word pussy to emphasize some type of weak-ass bullshit that they believe that, or a weak-ass person. And so I kind of, in that in that article, I broke down where even using that word came from. So that's available on www.nyagood.com. And the narrated version is available on a playlist on my YouTube. So check it out under the same name, Naya Good. I also just released a new song. If y'all didn't know, this is a perfect time for a song. Let me get my engineering skills together so that I can play it in the background for you. I should have already had a playing. But we, you know, this is our first recording, so we're going to get it together. Um, but like I said... I just released a new song last Friday. I really love this record. My first song was a bit aggressive, Shut Up, available on all platforms. I was talking shit. Now this song, <laughs> this song brought out the love in me and it's called Feather. Um, and, and it's available on all platforms, all of them, all the main bitches, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, and all the other you know, the side chicks, you know, Amazon music and whatever else, wherever else you, uh, YouTube's not a side chick. I should have said them in the main bitch list, but whatever. So download my new song for me. Um, and you know, just let it put you at ease. It's a very, very beautiful record. I love it. Um, and then, um, since I am an ambassador <laughs> for slutty vegan, you know, one of the best, no, the best burger place in the world, Craig. Um, I got to always make an announcement about Slutty Vegan. If you're here in the Atlanta area, you need to go get you. I, when I meet people that haven't been to Slutty Vegan, I'm actually shocked. My eyes get big. I need to stop doing that because they probably like, whoa, calm down, sis. But um, yes, shout out to Slutty Vegan. I love their burgers. They have several locations. Make sure you go check them out here in Atlanta. There is now a bar vegan at Pond City Markets. They have a bar now. And right next door, they've got vegan Philly cheesesteaks. And yes, I don't, I mean, just go try it. Stop playing. Stop playing. Slutty Vegan. Check it out. <laughs> Um, another segment that I'm going to be introducing when I start having my co-host slash interviews is going to be my blast off segment, um, where you can just, you know, put something on blast, you know, whether it be anything. And it's not always just, just, and it ain't just about putting them on blast. It's about creating a solution too. So not only are you going to put he, she, that place or whatever on blast, but you're also going to provide a solution as to how they can, you know, not get blasted next time. Okay. But that will be coming up soon. Um, I might even have people send in letters to, you know, for me to read on my podcast, you know, so 
Yes. In fact, yes. If you have anything that you want, if you want me to tell your story for you, blasting somebody off, then you can definitely email me and send me a message on Instagram and I will take care of it for you. Or you can send in a recording and I will implement that into the show. Um, so yes, the blast off coming soon to my podcast near you. All right. And so, like I said, this is story time with Naya. And so, you know, I'm going to have a book, right? <laughs> yes. If you are watching this on video on YouTube, you have seen the book Outwitting the Devil. I have been talking about this book for years now. The first time I got this book was in 2016. The book is called Outwitting the Devil. It's by your favorite author, Think and Grow Rich. Yes, he has two masterpieces. Well, he has several, but these two are definitely masterpieces. Outwitting the Devil is just such a phenomenal book. It's a conversation between the author and the devil. You know, if you believe that your mind can take you to faraway places, then um, this is the book for you because this uh, the author has literally decided to converse with the devil to see how it is that he controls people how it is that he makes people wicked how it is that he how how it is this shit even exists so i'm gonna read a quick passage from wherever i left off at i have honestly i have not read it in a week because i've been very busy but um i'm gonna read a passage from wherever i left off at or wherever it seems uh perfect to start off with. So like I said, this is a, a question and answer conversation between the author and the devil or the entity that is wicked enough to be, you know, exalted <laughs> by a term such as the devil. And so he says, the question is, is love for one's relatives also dangerous? Oh, and this is a good, I'm glad this, this, this came out like this. The question is, is love for one's relatives also dangerous? That's the question that the author asked. Now, the devil answers this way. He says, the love for anything or anyone, save only the love of def definiteness of purpose, may become dangerous. Love is a state of mind which beclouds reason, saps willpower, and blinds one to facts and truth. Everyone who becomes self-determining and gains spiritual freedom to think his own thoughts must examine carefully every emotion that seems even remotely related to love. You may be surprised to know that love is one of my most effective baits. With it, I lead into the habit of drifting those whom I could attract with nothing else. That is why I have placed it at the head of my list of bribes. Show me what any person loves most, and I will have my cue as to how that person can be induced to drift until I bind him with hypnotic rhythm. Love and fear combined give me the most effective weapons with which I induce people to drift. One is as helpful to me as the other. Both have the effect of causing people to neglect to develop definiteness in the use of their own minds. Give me control over a person's fears and tell me what he loves most, and you may as well mark that person down as my slave. Both love and fear are emotional forces of such stupendous potency that either may completely set aside the power of will and the power of reason. Without will and reason, there is nothing left to support definiteness of purpose. Mm. Yeah, that was on page 154, you know, that was a little deep, 
that was a little deep. You might need to be, you might, you're definitely going to have to read the rest of the book so that you can understand what he means by drifting in hypnotic rhythm. I don't want to give it all away, but basically he is saying that people that drift don't have control of their minds and people that are non-drifters do have control of their minds. They're definite in their purpose, whereas drifters are not definite in their purpose. They just go where the wind blows, child. That's what they do. Um, and so, and what he means by hypnotic rhythm, and he, like I said, I'm just giving you a brief summation of this, but uh, in the book, he breaks it down much more definitively. What he means by hypnotic rhythm, as it pertains to your mind, is is uh, is is that the devil is basically saying that every person in this existence has a hypnotic rhythm. Their thoughts are on a hypnotic rhythm. Hypnotic meaning hypnotizing, and rhythm meaning a beat. And so, some people's mental or thoughts or their, their the, the hypnotic rhythm of their thoughts are always is towards the negative. And some people's hypnotic rhythm of their thoughts is always towards the positive. If you are a drifter, then obviously your, your mind is um, constantly in hypnotic rhythm to negativity. And if you're a non-drifter, your mind is always in hypnotic rhythm to positivity. So anyways, ellipse on that, dot, dot, dot. Definitely go get that book, Outwitting the Devil by... Yes, Napoleon Hill, the author that has also written Think and Grow Rich, okay? Definitely get that book. So that segment is called the must-read segment. I'm definitely going to put that on my must-read um, list of books that you should get. Um, and each podcast, I'm going to have a book, uh, a must-read book a suggestion that you guys should look into. I'm kicking it off this season one, episode one, uh, with Outwitting the Devil, Okay. And so moving right along, another just pro, uh, random topic of uh, discussion. This is just, hmm, I don't know what I'm going to ex exactly call this um, segment, but it'll just be a quick random topic. Um, people scream all day about freedom of speech, right? And then they turn around and they are terrified to speak freely. And then they also, if since they're so terrified of you speaking freely... They hate when um, someone else speaks freely too, right? So I'm just wondering, um, what the fuck? Don't just be running around here talking about <laughs> freedom of speech and, and talking freely and then don't say anything freely or don't even know how to really uh, uh, get your mind to feel free enough to converse about something that you might need to be talking about, you know? And maybe it's about timing too. Everything is not, uh, does not need to be discussed and said right then and there. But what I want to emphasize is that there should be no reason to be hesitant about conversing about something, whether it's, you know, make somebody uncomfortable or whatever. Uh, what? I, we got to really eliminate fear of all things from our psyche because some of this shit is getting out of hand. Um, and it's all about your intentions too, when you're talking about things, just, you know, you and a person can feel if where your intent is, uh, you know, they know that it's good, but then sometimes they won't listen to it because they feel like it's trying to force them or, or, or make them feel a type of way, but it's really just, everybody just wants to be able to express themselves freely. You know, I, I see people that don't, are not in the most stable living conditions, AKA homeless people, they express themselves freely all the time. So what are you scared of? Um, so yeah, I'm astonished. I, I, you know, in my experience, I've had people say, oh my God, I didn't know how to say things to you. Or I thought that you might have some type of adverse reaction, but 
I guess the only time I have an adverse reaction to anything, me personally, to anything that somebody is saying to me is if I feel their intent. I mean, now other people might not be able to feel things on the level that I can feel things, but I know your intent if you're telling me something. Um, and so that's why you might get met with aggression. But if you're coming at me in a righteous space to talk to me about something um, and I understand that you are being genuine, then there should be no reason why I would ever you know, not respond positively to something. But again, it's all about fear. What's the worst that somebody's going to do if you tell them something? Okay, well, <laughs> then you definitely don't need to be dealing with that type of person. You should always be able to, you should gauge the situation always. Okay, let's see. How does this person engage in conversation? I mean, can we, is, is it worth bringing up? You know, just something like that. But at the end of the day, the moral of the story is to always feel free to speak freely. And if you're not gonna do that, then don't be screaming about all of these amendments about free speech and all of that, okay? Utilize it and don't be scared. In the workplace and friendships, in your relationship, if you're a mom and your mom is, I'm sorry, if you're a daughter and you're scared to talk to your mom about things or your father, there should be no reason for that. I don't even understand why in certain relationships they're still making it seem like you should be scared to express yourself in a, in a, in a safe, and righteous manner to people that you love it's it's crazy to me right um so yeah take advantage take advantage of the freedom of speech in your personal life and not just when it comes to some type of political drama unrest whatever and so finally the final segments of story time with Naya. <laughs> Thank you for listening in this long if you have. We are about to be at 52 minutes, so I feel good. It's about an hour long if I don't have, you know, any guests and if I don't tell my story too long or I don't get derailed from the storytelling. So the final segment of my podcast is going to be the good word of the week. G-O-O-D-E, that is, and my type of good, not the other type of G-O-O-D-E. Um, <laughs> that was a little bit of shade, but it's okay. <laughs> but anyways, congratulations. <laughs> let's, let's normalize genuinely congratulating people when they tell you about some big major move they've made. Oh my God, it is astonishing to me that people can sit here and say something like, yo, I just, oh my God, I just bought a house. And people just be like, oh, okay. And then they look off or they talk about something else. Like normalize congratulating people. Say, oh my God, that's exciting. Wow. What? And don't let it be fake. Now, if you're going to be fake, then don't say nothing at all. But I don't even understand why any type of fakery. Listen, we've got to eliminate this bullshit. <laughs> why would there be any fakery as it pertains to congratulating somebody? Just be excited. And nine times out of the ten, at nine times out of ten, if you're not, you know, you know, trying to give somebody good vibrations, that's probably why you're still on a low vibration. So let's normalize genuinely con congratulating people when they tell you something that they've done. It's too easy. Don't just look at them like, oh. If y'all can see my face on the video, <laughs> y'all see my eyes just like, don't, no, let's normalize congratulating. Somebody tells you that they just started a new podcast. You say, congratulate, are you something that is just like, wow, great job. 
Here's some things you can say. Congratulations. Great job. Oh, you better do it. Get it, girl. Get it. Something. But don't just stare at people. And don't try to deflect the conversation to some type of shit that you, you know, whatever, whatever. Let's normalize, you know, really just being happy about people's endeavors. Whether it's a corporate goal, whether it's a college goal. Is If you know anything about me, I'm, you know whatever, that's a whole nother topic. I, you know, I don't, you know, uh, worship a lot of these things too much, but either way, even though I'm not like the biggest advocate for institutionalized education, especially if you have to pay for it, um, I'm going to congratulate that person. They feel like it's exciting. They said, I just got my master's degree and bah, bah, bah. Congratulations. You might not agree with somebody, you know, doing things like how people just go off and create their own businesses or they don't want to do a good, you know, a government job or whatever, but it's exciting for them. So just be excited for them and stop playing. Okay. Okay. Too easy. Anyways. That was it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I really had fun doing this podcast today. Um, be on the lookout for more episodes. Um, this is going to be a really fun ride, especially when I bring my co-hosts in. Um, I should be having a co-host on episode three, and that's going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be... <laughs> A lot more uh, stories and a lot more just bouncing of ideas and things of that nature. So join me on episode two of Storytime with Naya. And definitely check me out on www.nayagood.com. Check me out at Naya Good on all social media platforms. Um, and check out my new music that is available on all digital music streaming services. Again, my name is Naya Good, and you can spell that N as in November, H as in hotel, A as in alpha, Y as in Yankee, A as in alpha, H as in hotel. The last word is good with an E. Don't forget about my E now. <laughs> That's how you spell my name. Um, and look me up, follow me. If you have anything to say about anything that I've said, like I said, just be respectful. I can have all types of conversations with people. Um, you know, just be, just be chill. It's not even necessarily be about, you know, just, just be chill about it. So I, I, I am open to all conversation types, whether you agree, disagree, oppose, contrarian, you're all on board. I am all for you. So check me out. And I appreciate you guys. Appreciate, love you guys for listening to episode one, the story time with Naya. I'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>